you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hey everybody, it's Melissa. And this is Dane. And we are happy to be back with you for sure. I love doing these with you. I've been doing a lot of interviews, but it's the most fun when it's you and I. I agree. Yep. Happy <laughs> Thanksgiving fun. or after that. Yeah, we're recording this in the tail end of Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know when it'll air, but, you know, we had kind of a goofy weekend. Saw a bunch of movies and, and had some fun. And gosh, how many years did we make the whole big Thanksgiving dinner and dishes and leftover pie and leftover calories right. and all that? Yeah. We did that a lot. We did it a lot, and I missed it. But I didn't miss it. I missed our family, but uh, we just ate a bunch of junk and sort of saw movies. <laughs> we did go to a bunch of movies, and we went to the Buell Theater and saw a live production of Annie, which was so much fun. And I, you you really enjoyed it more than I thought you were going to with Annie. Yeah, I, I really love plays. I mean, they just uh, they just really get to me. You know, I'm always, I don't care what play it is I'm always like tearing up after the play just so we're over overwhelmed with uh compassion and joy yeah yeah it was fantastic a bunch of kids that are in of course that production is the orphans and and just so fun to see them and so into it and I think you and I both really love seeing live production stuff yeah. definitely and you're always giving me a little bit of grief you know are you tearing up again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you I love that you're a sensitive guy yeah it's great well, speaking of that, we also hit a bunch of good movies. So we went to see a movie called Holdovers with Paul Giamatti and loved it. Both of us came out going, that's one of the best movies we've seen in a long time. As far as truly a beautiful plot, the actors were so good. It was just beautiful. I liken it a little bit to how I felt when I saw Goodwill Hunting. And so I, I just thought it was really a well done and super cool movie. And then we went to see a movie that's gotten a lot of press called Killers of the Flower Moon, which is about the Osage Indians and how in Oklahoma, where my dad was born and your dad was from, um, how the Osage Indians were so betrayed and taken by the white civilization that was there. And so they had this great true story to work with and such a whopping good cast to work with, Leo DiCaprio and uh, a new actress, Lily Bloodstone, just a, an amazing Robert De Niro and on and on, and a fantastic director with Scorsese, and they still screwed the movie up. I, I don't get it. Yeah, they sort of drove it into the ground, you know, yeah. like really long and... They could have cut an hour out of it and probably Easily. made the movie better. Exactly. Yeah. So not that we're paid movie critics or anything, but we go to a lot of movies and we're pretty easy movie audience. Like we're not people that are very fussy about movies. It sucked. Yeah. So it, it was just sad. But the thing is, is like I picked it and you know how my picker is well, for movies. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's kind of true. You have a bad track record. Right. Once in a while you get a good one, but most of the time... Yeah, yeah, because you go for what the 
press is telling you, I think, more than what's really going to fly. But anyway, it was not ours. And it was not just us. Several people after the movie was over looking at each other like, wow, I can't get that three and a half hours of my life back. It was really not good. Such an important story to be told. Um, such a wonderful cast and still blew it. And then we went after that over to see, uh, later in the weekend, over to see Napoleon. And that was really really good. And a time in history that both you and I were saying, we knew who Napoleon was, you know, in our education, we had heard about Napoleon and him being a tyrant and all these different things. But I learned a lot in that movie. Oh, yeah, so did I. Yeah, it was really good. And I think because uh, we were we were saying after the movie, in both of our educations, American history, of course, was really stressed, and world history, not as much. And so we understood who Napoleon was, but to really see the um, foolish, egoistic mistakes he made that cost you know, so many hundreds of thousands of lives was was amazing. And of course, as a horseman, I, I loved seeing all the horses in the movie. And it reminded me of how many times horses have given their lives for mankind to wars. And they were our wars, not theirs. You know, they're there trying to be a trustworthy steed under the worst of circumstances. And so my heart was going out to that, but I don't like to have blinders on. I like to know what really happened in history. And, and so that was, that was an important one. And, and thousands of horses lost their lives during those wars as well. So anyway, we did a bunch of movies over the weekend. Yeah, it, it was a great weekend. And now we're back at it. Yeah. Back at it. Back at it. It's Monday and we're back at it. So woke up this morning to uh, a sadness in our community, uh, not a long ways away from our ranch, about 10 miles or so. It was a beautiful equine facility, a lot of boarding horses. Uh, the trainer specializes in hunter jumper horses. It's winter, it's cold, and they had their barn closed up and horses blanketed and snugged in for the night. And at 4 a.m., the barn fire was blazing. Uh, sadly, they got four horses out, 16 horses burned to death in this barn. And I think that's every horseman's worst nightmare if you have a barn. I mention this only because if you have a barn and if you close your horses up in the barn, which we rarely, personally rarely do. Our horses grow a winter coat. They're, they have the box stall of the barn where they can get shelter and all of that, but they have a run out behind the barn that they're in and then they're out to a big pasture. So they couldn't get trapped in a barn like that. But gosh, for years when I was showing, my horses were blanketed. There were, you know, heat lamps and lights and all this stuff. It's it's what what people do. And just go double check everything on your barn and all the wiring, all the everything, you know, is the hay too close to an electrical switch, whatever. Uh, they don't know what caused this fire yet. Uh, they will find out. They're investigating it now. But our hearts go out to that family that owned the property and then all the people who entrusted their horses there for boarding and or for training. That's a, a big loss. You don't hear about those losses nationwide. You don't hear about a lot of barns burning, but when they do, it's such a sad tragedy. So 
Reminder to everybody with winter here, not only your Christmas tree in your house, be careful, but gosh, in your barn, just take another look at it as if you haven't seen it in a few years and really double check everything. So super sad, super yeah, sad. Very, very, very sad. Very, very, yeah. very sad. Well, on a lighter note, uh, we're heading into the month of December. And what that means here at Touched by a Horse is a little bit quieter month for me, which is kind of nice. But more importantly, that we have several students wrapping up their two years of study with me and others wrapping up four years of study with me. So we have quite a few new equine gestalt uh, coaching method graduates uh, going out at the first of the year to start their practice. So we're yeah. pretty excited about that. That's off to them. Absolutely. With them graduating, um, you probably taught them uh, several income streams, you know, along with the business. Am I correct? Yeah, we do a lot of business teaching uh, along the way. And what I encourage them to create are income streams. You're exactly right. You've heard them talking about one person creating six, another nine, another 11, all these different income streams that they'll be working on and bring them forward. Nice, nice. Yeah. So what are some of them? Yeah. So what are some of the income streams? Well, for me, I teach this way because I think it helps them break down their entrepreneurial income. So as you know, uh, I see clients privately. So one-on-one either in the barn with my horse or up in the office. So depending on weather and times of year and all that kind of thing, it, our horses don't like it when it gets too hot. They're a little bit like your wife. They don't like it when it gets too hot and they don't like it when it gets too cold. Right. So they got to be just right. Their poor yeah, has to be gotta, just right. You got to hit them right at the mark. That's yeah. right. So I tend to uh, bring people and have office sessions, gestalt sessions in a private office that I have here or in the barn. So that could be two different income streams depending on whether they live. Like when I lived in Arizona, it was the opposite of here, right? Summertime was impossible and winter was the big money-making time and bring them into the air conditioning <laughs> during the summertime. So that is, is one section of what they're doing. And then I encourage them to start a group because group work is economical for clients. It's a strong income stream for the practitioner and it is wonderful work in Gestalt. Group work is very uh, rich and profound and there's a whole lot of what we call borrowed benefit for everybody that's in the group. So that's, that's another one. Hi, this is Melissa, and I wanted to give a special shout out to let you know that we are now taking applicants and signing contracts for our January 2024 Touched by a Horse Equine Gestalt Coaching Program. This program is two years in length, highly comprehensive, a lot of fun, and you learn so much about yourself, about being in business for yourself, and about making a difference in the world for others. If you're interested, go to our website or reach out to our office in any way. We'll be glad to send you information on our Equine Gestalt Coaching Program. Thanks for listening. A lot of them will create intensive weekends, meaning that people come on Friday night and there might be 
eight or nine different people get to know each other with the practitioner on Friday night. And then all day Saturday, different people have the opportunity to do private work with the gestaltist in the and the group uh, all during that day and Sunday morning half day of wrapping up, finishing up. And those are considered gestalt intensive weekends. And gosh, when I was a client of gestalt, I loved those because I, I definitely would benefit a lot from just every once in a while taking that weekend and boom, looking at who I was, my awareness, what had happened to me in life, uh, what had happened to them, and how we all were approaching different things with our families and relationships and stuff. Many of them go into retreat work, which you know, I go up to Junevold, Cess, beautiful ranch of Montana to do retreats. And so those are multi-day venue places where you go to a guest ranch or you go someplace that is not near your home where you're staying on site and you're away from paying the bills and feeding the dog. You know, you're taking that time to really check out, put your phone down and look at yourself and your life and where you're going and what you're doing. So retreat work, that's what I've um, won a lot of awards creating retreats and doing retreats and really enjoy doing that. And a ton of my graduates are attracted to doing that deep retreat work. They've done them in Ireland. They've done them everywhere from Florida to Washington State to Arizona, you know, to Massachusetts. So all over the country for sure. And dream theater. Dream theater is a really fun one and can be a great income stream for them. What? is dream theater you know you ought to sneak out and see it sometime you would actually like I it the whole theater thing but the whole dream you theater. would like yeah. it you know how you and i sometimes laugh about some right. crazy dream we've had at night you know so so gestalt approaches dreams a little differently first thing i say is don't buy a book on dreams or what they mean gestalt believes our meaning of our dream comes from our subconscious and so everybody's dream iconic things are our own. So it's not like every time there's a house, it means this. And every time there's a snake, it means that. That was Freudian theory. But in Gestalt instead, we actually give meaning to the dream. We work with the dreamer, putting them inside their dream and having people portray the animate and inanimate parts of the dream. It is so much fun and, and so revealing. Like people finish up the work and they're, wow, that's what that dream meant. I mean, it's really very fun to do and, and very different to do. So in Flagstaff, I did a lot of dreams uh, dream theater. I did them as drop-in. Anybody could show up. And so we used to have great big summertime dream theater nights. It was a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and a great income, you know, for, for them to do. And the, the graduates love doing dream theater. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Then in today's world, there's of course, Zoom, which is is not ideal, sometimes ideal because you don't have to travel, sometimes ideal because it can be slightly less expensive, that kind of thing. It's not as deep uh, for Gestalt. It's not a medium that lends itself easily to Gestalt, but 
all of my practitioners are trained what works and what doesn't on Zoom, what is smart to do on Zoom and what is risky to do on Zoom. And so they often have clients who meet them on Zoom on a more regular basis. So for instance, maybe they come and do an equine session and then they follow up with five or six weekly sessions on Zoom and then come back out and see what the horses say and how things have changed. So they form an income stream of working with them on Zoom, which can be really, really good. We have uh, several now of our uh, practitioners that have state or agency contracts, and that's an exciting one. We have them in Wisconsin and California and Montana and Canada and several places where different agencies or nonprofits or states for grants, etc., have mental health services provided by are graduates. And so they'll have 70 or 80 different clients that come over, say, a two or three month period of time. So it's an additional income stream. Uh, Sometimes these are teens or people that hit, you know, a special place, um, homeless, um, center against sexual assault, that type of thing. And last but not least, and you're very familiar with this because you've helped me with this so much, would be to maintain a store which can go out to an expo. Um, How many expos do you think you did with me when you were young and in love? Oh, probably 100, 200. (laughs) (laughs) We did a lot. It did feel like it was every weekend. Several per year, you know, maybe, yeah, probably, probably 30. Yeah. And so different expos all around the country and they were a lot of fun. They were fun to go meet people. I usually spoke at them, did a few clinician things, got my name out there, you know, met a lot of people. We traveled everywhere from Massachusetts to California doing them for a long time. I did them for several years before you. Right. And I remember uh, we were actually staying together when we did one and you asked me to use my comb oh god (laughs) how do i control him on a podcast okay so if you don't know dane's bald and we had just started dating we hadn't been dating all that long a few months i guess and we went to uh durango i think durango Durango. colorado and we were setting up my booth and getting everything set and we were sharing a hotel room you have to tell all our secrets to the whole world and uh, I came out and I said, I forgot to bring my comb. Can I borrow yours? Do you feel funny about people borrowing your comb? To which he said, um, <clears throat> I haven't carried a comb in a number of years. So yeah, yeah, I'll never live that down. I'll never live that one down. Oh, gosh. And, so and then... St- Stores yeah. with expos, right? right and then creating yeah. uh, creating physical stores. We have a beautiful physical store, which you've done a lot of work to help us do. And our online store, which if you're getting ready for holiday shopping, we'd love to have y'all check out our online store for all kinds of fun stuff that we have in that. So really working these stores can be another income stream. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, especially like the online stores, it tends to be a lot of work, uh, you know, doing the packing and shipping and mm-hmm. inventory. And yeah. It has 
definitely pay dividends for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we we are grateful for our following on our store. We carry a lot of books written by our different practitioners of TBA, which is a lot of fun, and different products that I've created and different things that we have found, kind of equinalia, fun horsey stuff and horse gifts and stuff in that. So yeah, it's fun. And so to me, rather than looking at it as one income, that's what I mean by the streams. It's breaking it all down so that they're, they can look at it. They can mathematically map it out and figure out, I, I'm going to do this much of this to bring in this stream and this much of that to bring in that stream. So gosh, in our program, I spend a lot of time helping them with business and oh, to yeah. know that's what, I, that's what I hear exactly oh, yeah. what to do. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, what to do and, and how to do it. And, and I enjoy doing that a lot. I mean, people also come in and, and share some of their past uh, successes as well, you know, which helps out. Yeah. As a group. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I help them also create a joint venture weekends, which is maybe another income stream if they look at it that way. But, you know, I did a lot of joint venture weekends with my editor, Melanie Mulhall, uh, my buddy who's a horse trainer, Mark Gwynn, um, just different people, Larry Freeborg, different people that I knew combining our sort of reach, our database of people and inviting them in for a weekend to figure some things out through horses for themselves. And it was a lot of fun and another income stream for sure. So yeah, so it's all those kinds of things. And, and I, I think I enjoy teaching the business part as much as anything on the, on the program. So we are taking contracts now. So we're pretty excited. We've got an incredible group of students coming in in January and a bunch of guys wrapping up in December. So it's that time of year for us, welcoming in the new and blessing the ones that are completing things and getting ready to go underway. And I've got a stack of applications to look at this week to see if we've got some more people that are a good fit for us. I think what we really care about the most is that we're a good fit for the students who choose to train with me and that I'm a good fit for them. I think it has to be a good fit both ways because we are a two-year deep process advanced program. We're not, you know, two weekends and yay, go out and make a success. We really put our love, blood, and soil into it, and so do the students to go out and make the very best practitioners that we can create. So kind of yeah, in there. But, but you're also, you know, you've, you've created a family, you know. It's not just a, uh, they're going to graduate, you know, but everybody still comes back and we share our happiness and, and love for one another. Absolutely. It's a community. And that's something I don't think you and I saw when we started all this is what kind of a community this would really create in our own life. I think about when this first started, knowing what I wanted to create as far as helping people get out in the industry, which is an industry I started, you know, one of the people that started it way back in the dark ages. And I wanted to create the cream of the crop practitioners uh, out there, but I don't think I saw the community. I mean, that's been a, a really incredible surprise and such a blessing when my daughter Molly passed. It was the community that really held me up. And, and when we got married, they were at our wedding and 
just everything, you know, yeah. just all the stuff that we've been through. They're, they're, they're there for us and we're there for them. Absolutely. They're there for one another. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Incredible community. And they all know and love you, Bill. Yeah. Well, I love them as well. <laughs> they do. They look forward to sharing things with you. I always think it's kind of funny. You remember different things. I get to know them as a student. I get to know their own life story and their own traumas if they had them in their life and all that. And you'll remember where they live. I never remember where they live. You'll remember like the stuff, like if they tell you, oh, my dog has to have surgery next week on something, that's what... You'll see them the next time and go, how'd your dog do with that shoulder surgery? Wow, you remember that. So I think that's pretty good because we remembered completely different things <laughs> on everybody, <laughs> which is kind of fun, kind of fun. Well, we want to thank Hope Through Horses. They are a partial uh, sponsor of our podcast, and we're very grateful for that. Um, do you realize we're coming close? We're not there yet, but do you know what we're coming close to, baby? Christmas. No. <laughs> yes, Christmas. But guess what? We're coming close to our 100th podcast in our series. Wow. Wow. That's a lot of talking. It's a lot of talking. Well, if you guys have ideas or suggestions for things you'd like to hear or topics you'd like to hear about, uh, we'd be really happy. I'd be really happy to entertain those and see what we could do. I've had somebody send in some really nice ideas for things uh, that we will be doing to bring a little bit more meat to the podcast than just what Crazy Dane and Melissa are up to next. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.